Welcome everyone to the State of the Republic podcast. My name is Luis and today I am joined by our podcast mom, Sharon. How's it going, Sharon? Hey, everything is good. We're recording this on a Friday evening and everybody loves Friday. Yeah, especially after an amazing win two days later. Feels, it still feels pretty good, I gotta say. I There's no, no better feeling than starting off six for six. And let's hopefully make it nine for nine next week too, right? That's right. We need we need all these points early on in the season because they come in handy as a nice little cushion as we keep going. So, yeah, it'll be nice to break down a little bit of the game and hear what each other has to say about, you know, a little bit of our stats and the nature of the goals and looking forward to, to getting this going. Yeah. But before we get started uh, covering this game this week, uh, let's go ahead and give everyone a reminder that if you're not following us on our social media platforms, please give us a follow. You can find us at State Republic 12 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, we have a Facebook group, Sacramento Soccer Fans. We invite you to join. Come and talk about anything you want related to soccer. doesn't have to be locally. It could be a European soccer. It could be Liga Mickey's, whatever you want to talk about. Um, please uh, join there and you don't have to live in Sacramento either to join. So FYI, if you live out of state and you happen to listen to our podcast, please feel free to join. It's open to any soccer fan anywhere you are. Cool. Also, just to give everyone another reminder, if you didn't actually catch the live show that we did uh, during the game, we are going to be at the game on the 29th against handball raising. <laughs> uh, and so if you're interested in some podcast stickers, which if you haven't seen them, go check out our socials to see how they look like. Um, please uh, let us know. Uh, we have them there. Uh, two for a dollar is uh, how we have them at. So if you're interested in some, let us know ahead of time. We are going to have plenty at the match, but just so we know where uh, to meet you at, we are going to be doing our typical halftime show and uh, after the game, live shows as well. So feel free to interrupt us while we're doing the live. If you see us out there and we'll give you stickers. So don't think you're interrupting anything. We want you to interrupt, right? Because it's Oh my fun. gosh, so far. Yeah, so far, all of our lives, um, I've actually gone up to people that, you know, I know and some that I don't know and get them on and ask them about the game. And it's really kind of fun. It's, uh, yeah, interrupt. Find us, interrupt. You'll you'll know who we are because we're the only ones talking to ourselves <laughs> as we wander through the crowd. When we're really not talking to ourselves, we're talking, you know, to the podcast. So look look for the weirdos. <laughs> I, I always think that people think that I'm like FaceTiming with someone, and I'm just happy to show them, like, hey, look, this is the stadium, this is the game, check it out. And so <laughs> that's how I feel, people. Um, yeah. look at us when I when loved I loved Katie Norton's reaction when she realized that she was live on the pod and she just <laughs> turned around and she was like go Republic yeah. <laughs> she was the best she was the best yeah that, that was really awesome and so if you guys don't check out those lives if you haven't seen them yet if you don't get to go to a game you know we we got you uh covered there with uh some little behind the scenes right things that you normally don't <laughs> see on tv because they only show the game of course yeah cool. and we feature some of the staff like tim stallings mm. you know bumped into tim and yeah so we'll even feature some of our our very own staff we love all the staff at sac republic yeah and in the future we are planning on doing some like little short live interviews as well right some pre-game after the game uh, little quick interviews too. So it's not just going to be us walking around the stadium. <laughs> no. We are going to have some people and then talking to them about the games. And, Would and love to get some out. of the Tower Bridge Battalion folks in on this, um, you know, before the game that they've got such a great insight. Well, everybody does. All the fans do. It would be great. So look for us and we'll get you on. Did yeah. everybody see Rave Bear? I mean, that was a good one too. We got Rave Bear on this last time. Yeah, he got a really cool glow-in-the-dark mask, which I was like, yes, I knew Ray Bear would have a glow-in-the-dark mask, and I'm glad he was able to find it. I knew he would be able to find it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. I wish we could have uh, found Ro – I didn't zoom in on Rose's shoes. I know I, it would have been good. She had shoes that Ray Bear got her. 
they're the kind with the, like what kids wear where they light up all around the perimeter. She had the best shoes. I'll tell you, you could see her a mile away in the dark. So. <laughs> wow. Hey, hey, cool. If you need anything glow in the dark, Ray bears, Ray bears your bear to go to. <laughs> yeah. He's go, we'll have everything there. Hey, cool. so let's, let's talk about this game that we just had the Las Vegas versus, uh, you know, <laughs> where it was lights out Las Vegas, three to one, we win, they lose. Yeah, it was a really interesting game. Uh, I got to say the first half, we had a couple of opportunities, of course, an early goal right at the 13th minute. Derek Formella, who I got to say in the past, I said he would be a super sub for us, but clearly that was not the case because this guy is a super starter 11. He's not all about just uh, being subbed out or being subbed in, I should say. And so I was really impressed. And, you know, right off the bat, he was like, hey, I'm here. Here we go. Let's get this uh, started. Let's go ahead and be in the lead. And so I, I, I was quite surprised uh, starting with that. Um, of course, we also had Bone uh, come back, which was really great, right? Later on, he would score a goal as well. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, shortly. And so interesting to see both of them start. Apparently, Cameron got injured uh, while in training, especially in these last 10 days where there were no games and whatnot. So really sad part and knowing that we didn't have a game in 10 days. And I have my own thoughts on that, on USL not scheduling things right. And they might have the reasons, but I just feel like we were way too long without a game. And so... That happened. Hopefully Cameron comes back. I don't think it was anything too bad. Otherwise, we maybe would have heard a little bit more, but might just be one of those things that, you know, just happens uh, in training too. So that's yeah, one interesting. of the reasons. It's interesting how the the gaps, well, I mean, you know, they also had to be very cautious with the different tiers, uh, you know, in the different jurisdictions, the different counties are in different tiers. And um, there, when you're, when you're in a pandemic, everything it can't be done as smoothly as we would want it to be done. You know, we delayed the season start and a lot of, I mean, there could have been COVID issues. You just never know mm. in different spots of California or, you know, with the players coming in, there could have been some visa issues in some situations. So I think, I think we just accept, and I know you were going to talk, but I'll jump right ahead. You know, the the Orange County just playing their very first game. What is it this weekend? And then they find they get us. We go there on the 22nd for their home opener, correct? Yeah. yeah. And so um, it seems odd that the start dates are different all the way around, but it could, there just could be so much going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And I'm just kind of, I'm just glad we're all playing, you know, and I'm glad that we're mm. a bunch of teams home openers because it's kind of like what we said in other podcasts. It's like, who do you want as your home opener? Sac Republic. They're hard. Let's get them out of the way. It's like, okay, cool. We'll be everybody's home opener then. Fine. We don't mind. <laughs> we love being the spoiler, the spoiler team, but getting back to the actual game a little bit. Um, and you know, the, yeah, we had so many days between the first and the second game. And then we have another 10 days between, is it 10 days between our now and the next game or the last game and the next game. So, I mean, it does give us time. It does give the guys chance to kind of get grounded. There'll be days off in between there and you give them some rest and let them have a, a day to explore. I mean, you heard what Pete Pennant said in an interview. He says, I haven't explored. I don't have a favorite anything. I think uh, both he and, um, Luis were being interviewed to simultaneously and it was like yeah we don't we don't have a favorite haunt yet because we have been just working training so it it's nice to let them have some some time here in between and this is this is where they get to develop their likes of the area and see a, see a little bit when they have a couple of days off so but the goal that first goal Dara Formella's first goal is <laughs> like he's just so magic you know, he's, he's, he's got such a, uh, he's got that natural instinct of where he needs to be. And obviously Shannon and he have worked something out for that on that can, you know, that telepathic 
connection of, mm-hmm. I know exactly where you're going to be. So that's exactly where I'm going to put the ball. And they've done this before and I love it. So, and that's what we got. We broke them down. We broke them down. Yeah. I'm so impressed always by Shannon, right? Like that guy just like speeds through the wings and yeah, that this goal, it was just amazing the vision that they had. And like you said, it's definitely not, it doesn't just come out of accident, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, he just crossed it and it just went there. Like you can tell that they've been practicing this for a while and you know, it's not the first time and they, they know each other too. Right. And yeah, those are some they, of the if, things that you get when you get players repeating season after season is that they, they understand each other. They know when yep. one's going to make a move and yeah. It, so, so I have to give major props to Shannon. You know, I really wasn't expecting him to come back as strong as he has, you know, because he had the ACL um, injury a couple seasons ago and you spent a good time, good amount of time last season still in rehab and recovering because there were some issues. So to have him come back faster and stronger is kind of a, a little bit of a, it blows my mind that he can, he did, he has done that. I've not seen somebody do that. I mean, Emra Clementa came back from, you know, he had both ACLs um, over time, you know, with, when he was mm-hmm. playing with us, but and he came back. I don't know if he's lost a step, but Shannon has gained a step. So you don't normally see that. And that just goes to show you the support that the players have with Katie Norton, Dr. Katie Norton, our physical therapist, and also Betty. And, you know, the regular MDs are, you know, UC Davis doctors. We have a really good support system for the players coming back off injury to have somebody like Shannon come back as as strong as he has. So, and, and come back better. It's kind of like he's bionic in a way. (laughs) And I'll leave that, I'll leave that right there. So it looks like um, we're watching behind the scenes as we're doing this podcast, we're watching some of the highlights and we can see one of the saves that Tomas Gomez made. Mm. And, and it was a breakaway. It was a, you know, it was a against the run of play kind of a goal. It was a little bit of a breakaway and Tomas, did a fabulous job. What do you have to say about the save that he made in the 23rd minute? It was amazing, right? I mean, the the shot that the player from Las Vegas Lights just pulled out of nowhere was really strong. Like, you know, it it was, he didn't have that much time to react, right? It's one of those times where, you know, I'm sure he knows that he's about to shoot, but he's got a lot of players blocking his view. So it's definitely not not easy for a goalkeeper to just react when you have so many bodies in front of you and you're trying to like like follow the player who's about to pull this shot on you. So really great, great stuff. And I know we already saw a lot of great uh, saves uh, against Los Dos too. So Tomas just, you know, keeps doing his work. Like the, the guy has a lot of experience in USL. I said it before uh, in the preseason that we were getting a really good second goalkeeper. And I'm actually now kind of, uh, in a dilemma myself because I was a big Rafa Diaz fan, but now I'm like stuck between both of them, right? It's like, it would be nice if we had both of them, but of course we, we know that only one can actually play and it's... Hey, it's what a good problem to have. It's a really good problem for our coach to have. You know, this is when you when you have players that are that good and you have to make a choice between that good. It's It's not like he has an easy choice you know, mm-hmm. where there's a, a solid, awesome keeper and then kind of like a backup that, you know, is going to be a backup. He's got two starters, with, you know, playing for him. And that's a great position to be in. Unfortunate for the guy that doesn't get the start, but still, they'll, and, you know, I don't know if you saw the interview where they talked about the differences between the two keepers there. I forget who was doing the interview, but, but uh, these two keepers are entirely different. Like Tomas is... Mm-hmm kind of um, more high strung, I guess, and, you know, a little bit uh, perfectionist and, you know, there's a lot of differences. And then Rafa's a little bit more chill, especially off the pitch. He's a little bit more chill and, and, and less high strung. And so their personalities can be, couldn't be any different, you know, any further different, but on the pitch, they're both solid, you know, so it's great. What a good, good spot for our coach to be in. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And, and another thing I should just add on the differences between both is that Tomas tends to be more vocal on the pitch, right? Whereas Rafa 
you know, he he could, you know, he could you know, say one thing or another, but Tomas is just like constantly talking to the players. And, and you know, of course, it's not always in a friendly tone, right? Because he, he can get uh, mad here and there as any goalkeeper probably would if, you know, things aren't going right. Um, but it, it's interesting how both of them have also that uh, different sense of like being vocal and during games and and all that. And so, yeah, like you said, it's a good problem for the coach to have. Uh, I'm going to be curious what's going to happen, right? Because Rafa Diaz is pretty much almost good to be back on the pitch because we did see him in the bench in this game too. So that's a really good sign. That means that the guy is pretty much almost there. To, to be back in the starting 11. So, yeah, I, I'm going to be really curious how Rafa makes it back on the starting 11 sheet because the way Tomas is playing, I feel like you need to, you need to just leave him on the pitch, right? Unless, you know, he, he has two or three games where he goes down in level, you got to just keep him because he's on a roll. You know, well, we get to just there. we get to just see it. Yeah, we get to see what happens at Orange County and see who uh, coach picks. I think he picks based on um, he. I think he picks based on how they've been training and you know what's been going on in training too. He 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 does that. But we'll see. We'll see. So you always ask Luis. You always ask about the five three two. You always ask about you know what did I think about the five three two. I want to know how your feelings, now that you've seen it a couple of times, what are your thoughts about the 5-3-2? I got to say that I know in the last podcast, I was a little bit like eh, on, on the fence about that. Like I wasn't too much of a fan of that. But in this game, it actually turned out really good. And I think part of that may have been because we played against Las Vegas, right? <laughs> this rival, like, it worked out great against them. And, and and so I really enjoyed it in this one. I mean, uh, at times, I mean, it, it almost seemed like instead of a 5-3-2, it was more like a 3-5-2 because I saw, you know, Shannon and Duke LaCroix just constantly moving up, right? And and sometimes, of course, moving down too. I'm not saying that they, they weren't defending much, but I saw them more like putting pressure up front. But I feel like that, was mainly because lights was just giving them more opportunities and th- this lights team i gotta say they were really weak and and you could really tell and i, I completely understand why those those scored five on them not too long ago so they had a lot of deficiencies and we clearly like showcased that on the pitch and so i, I think for that reason it was a pretty good formation for this game but I think for other games coming uh, in the future, right? We play against, uh, like I said, handball rising, right? Even Orange County, right? These are teams that are going to play much different. And maybe coach can start looking at formations based on the rivals that we play against. Instead of maybe just having one consistent one. Because I feel like you should adapt to however your rival is, right? And to so a point. I, I, to to a to a point. Yeah, to a point. Based on base, the defense needs to be able to be adaptive. You know, I still think that we attack the same way. You know, and and granted, sometimes you have to adjust the attack based on you know what the other mm-hmm. team is showing. You know, and those those adjustments can be made on the fly because you know they're working on all of that in in training. They're working on different scenarios in training based on you know what the what the formations are, what the tactics are for the other team but I find sometimes that there's a bit of a gap between the three backs and the midfield and we're not playing through the midfield I want to see more play through the midfield because right now we're doing a lot of play around the outside and the fringes and you know switching the ball like Mitch Mitch is awesome at switching the ball from one side of the field far far he finds Shannon every single time and he's pretty mm-hmm. deadly accurate with his passing so you know from the left side to the right side Mitch is the guy if you want to switch play none of the other players really have the skill that Mitch has that way but we're still I think um we're still playing without playing much in it through the midfield and I don't know if it's because our guys are not getting open or if, you know, they're ball watching or mm-hmm. not moving into, you know, to form the quote triangles, you know, and being open. I mean, you see it sometimes they were doing some nice passing in tight spaces to get free, you know, to work a, a player free. And that was brave, but I, I'm, you know, tactically, 
I want to see this formation against an Orange County or against a Phoenix, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to see it not against Las Vegas. I want, I want (laughs) to see how our guys adjust. Um, I think Carlton is still finding his legs. He's a workhorse, but sometimes I I think he shies away from contact um, Mm. and, but he initiates contact, but if there's a 50, 50 ball, I, and I don't know if it's because he was injured a couple of times, not injured badly, but got hurt. You know, he got kind of bumped up last season. If you remember, he was Mm. bumped up a lot towards the end of the season. He, he had a lot of, you know, bangs and bruises and things like that from playing the position he does and playing kind of like that, that heavier striker, that, that nine, if you, if you will. Um, So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they continue to use him, utilize him and, you know, just his, I don't know, his mass. Cause he's, he's Mm -hmm. tough. He's like, he's almost like Cameron in a way, Kamawasa, (laughs) you know, they're solid. You don't, as a defender, you, you don't want to hit into that. You know, they, if they're on a full tilt run, you just want to shadow them. You don't want to, you know, you're, you're going to lose the shoulder charge. You know, you're going to use the show. You're going to lose a shoulder tackle against those guys for sure. They, they won't, they won't go down. You'll go down. So anyhow. Yeah. And I think so, part of that is, is more confidence, right? Like I think Derek yeah. is like in his game, he scored some goals already. Like he, he's in that, like, just confident mood right like he he has that so once Carlton gets that goal I feel like we're gonna see the Carlton that other teams got to see right and and I do think that the injury that he went through maybe does make him think twice when he's in those moments where yeah he's like all right I'm not even gonna try this because I don't want to go through this again so completely understandable I think uh, it's it's yeah it's something that no one could say anything about Whereas yeah. on the other hand, Shannon is like, I'm still going to go out there and, and play Shannon all, bumped. Is this is so funny. He, I, we, my sis and I were like watching and, and she's like, did you see what he just did? And he was, he was flying back on defense, I think, or maybe he was, it was in the attack. It was, might've been in the attack in the second half. And he literally just <laughs> bumped a big guy off the ball. I mean, it was just, <laughs> and, it was, and the big guy went down. I don't know who it was. And Shannon was like, there's like, that you know, he's a head taller than Shannon, and Shannon, you know, he just totally bowled the guy over. That's why I said he's come back faster and stronger, and he knows how to use his he knows how to use his momentum and his weight and his center of gravity, you know, to 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 work a guy. He's he, he's become again my new favorite. He was my favorite, you know, a while ago, and then he got the injuries, and you know, we had other people come in and and you know, take our eye a little bit, but. <laughs> Shannon's got it this time. He's he's fun to watch. He is fun to watch. So I Duke was a little invisible today. Um, or that this game, I didn't, you know, he had some opportunities and some chances, but there's some things that need to be cleaned up. And I'm not being critical, but I'm watching a little bit of defender blindness, you know, where you pass it to the other team. Um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, did you not see that there was another the team and the opposing player there? you know, before you made your pass or our guys are not getting fully open, you know, it's, so there's a, there's stuff that still, and I noticed that the, at the preseason game. And then I noticed it also in the LA galaxy game and then, or LA two. And then I noticed a little bit of it, this game. So mm-hmm. there's still some things that I know coach is going to work on to clean up a little bit. Um, you know, just knowing coach, he sees that stuff and he, he's watching, you know, he's doing the analysis and watching, you know, the replays and the videos and seeing who's been doing what, but I don't know if you noticed much of that, you know, it was like the momentum was going and all of a sudden someone made like a really bad pass. And it's like, how did you make that pass? Did you notice that Luis? Yeah. Uh, I noticed that too. And and I was like, why, why did you do it? Come on. We were like, good. I thought we were going to get a good solid play to goal, right. Where you get yeah. maybe like, 10 15 passes and it's one of those amazing goals because you were just like on it and they couldn't even see the ball or the you know the rival wouldn't even be able to see the ball and then that happened and I was like okay yeah I know coach is definitely like you said taking note of that because if that happens against you know much stronger side like (laughs) a phoenix or an orange county then hold up because that counterattack might be like crazy insane after you just like did that so Little things here and there. And I, I mean, I'd much rather them happen against the lights than against, the, you know, any other rival. But, 
you know, definitely things that they need to uh, take a look at for, for future games. Yeah, so absolutely. absolutely. Let's go ahead then and move over to the second half. Uh, yeah, thank course, you. Sorry. First, we're, oh, yeah. we're belaboring it. First half ended, of course, 1-0. We thought, okay, second half, we're probably going to score. Give me three, four goals, right? Like, we got this. It's going to be good. But early on in the second half, right, 49th minute, we get a PK called against us. I was really sad about that because I was like, uh, Tomas would oh, no. probably get a second clean sheet. But It was the Tower Bridge Battalion <laughs> would tell you in a heartbeat it was so soft and it shouldn't have been, it should not have been a PK. It was, it was so soft, Luis. I was there. Uh, you, the reaction of the fans who were right on top of that because it was right in front of the Tower Bridge Battalion. It was literally the, like you had said earlier, we were talking before the show that, you know, the player, the attacker, he felt the pressure. He felt a person on him and he just, he easily went down. And I'm sure you could see that also when you were watching it on television. Yeah. I would say it's the typical play where the forward again, sees the defender coming through. He feels something, he falls down and with no VAR, most of the time, the referee is going to give you the PK. Let's be honest, right? That's how soccer was before VAR. Yeah. <laughs> and USL was still in pre-VAR times. And so when I saw that happen, I was like, yeah, he's going he's gonna to call it. And he called it right away. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's done. And I saw some of the replay. And as I looked at it more, yes, I feel like it wasn't, but I do feel that when you have these PKs called on you as a defender, you have to realize that you probably shouldn't be doing that movement because these things are going to happen, right? Like maybe Mitch should have tried not to like move your arm. And I know, you know, as a defender, it's probably one of those things where the game happens, right? And you're going to be making these movements and all. But whenever you have any sort of contact, on that box as a defender, it's probably going to be a PK. So I think that they might just need to be more careful in future plays and just try not to have any contact because, again, with no VAR in USL, more PKs are going to be called up. And, again, it could really screw up yeah, again. Yeah, so so here's, here's the deal. I'm wondering where was his help? Look at who – I mean, it was almost like we were slow getting back also – you know, because we we didn't have the angle um, or we didn't have a swivel head. Mitch is on the wrong side of his player. If you notice, he was it's either Dan had to drop in and get on the proper side of that player or Mitch had to switch and get on the inside of the player. But he couldn't. He didn't have time. And Dan, if you look at where Dan Casey went, he went to the player with the ball. Well, there was already Shannon mm. and Andrew were already there. And so Dan should have turned his, his head around and had she could have seen the striker coming through. But it look at Dan. He's got nobody. He mm-hmm. got nobody. He basically was in the middle of two situations, maybe hoping to cut an angle out. But, you know, so that was that was a tough that's a tough one. He's going to be reviewing that himself. And Mitch is going to be reviewing how they let that player just drop right in, if you think about it. Um, that player dropped right in between the, that's the problem we had last year is our defenders were getting split. And this mm-hmm. exact same thing happened in the preseason match as well, where the defenders got pressed open and a striker went right through the middle. And if anybody from an opposing team is listening to this podcast, which I doubt they are, <laughs> you know, I hope we shore up that issue before we play anybody else, because we, we cannot have that. You know, mm-hmm. you've got some midfielders that could have tracked back with, you know, we've got some fast Luis Felipe is not slow and he was still, he was on the pitch at the time. And there could have been some, some better help, but you cannot let your two defenders get that far apart with a striker coming right in between them that that's that's got to be worked on i've seen it It, Mm -hmm. you know this is not the first time this season that that's happened so i'm hoping we can clean that up yeah i agree that dan is definitely partially to blame here because he really shouldn't have even gone that way because i feel like andrew had it already he was already closing the angle on him and had he not done that maybe the uh, lights player doesn't even attempt to cross it, right? Maybe he attempts to go get a corner kick, right? Just 
get it off Andrew, get your corner kick because he would have seen like, oh yeah, like my teammate but, is, has two players yep. on him. But I mean, they were doing the first defender, second defender, because Shannon hadn't fully recovered, you know, on the run back. And so Dan, I think, was caught between two decisions. He was caught between first defender, second defender, you know, where you actually pen the guy out. But then he forgot that there was a runner coming through, you know, so I think he was caught between two decisions, um, two decisions there. You know, they always say who's the most dangerous player. Well, it depends. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's usually the one with the ball or it could be that guy that's just shooting through, you know, between the two defenders. So in this case, it was that guy shooting through between in the gap, the gap that you could drive a truck through. Um, thank goodness that, you know, that kid could have gotten a hand on, I mean, a, a foot on that ball. That ball was played in nicely. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, at the end of the day, they got the PK against us. But I have to give a shout out because you pointed it out. The two guys in the Tower Bridge Battalion. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. That was hilarious because the replay, if anybody goes on and takes a look at the highlights from USL that are posted, there are these two guys that are standing during the PK Tower Bridge Battalion guys come all the way down and try to get in the head of the the, the guys taking the PK by showing their shirt, showing their bellies. They lift their shirts all the way up. And it's so good. I... <laughs> it's so good and if san jose were here they would say oh gosh what's the chant that we always say put your shirt on or something like that the chant that the tower bridge battalion always says to the ultras they always tell them you know put your shirt on you know whatever that cheer is yeah and and then they they'd probably say the same thing right back to us (laughs) but that was good and then the stutter step by the kicker i thought you had to have one smooth motion when you take the pk i thought it you know his it looked like he stopped. It looked like he stopped. Mm-hmm. He stopped. But you have you have an opinion on that. I know we don't want to belabor it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he he clearly stopped. I mean, right now we're looking at it. I like you impulsed it, right? So you can see like his load is down. Guy's not walking. Like, he literally just stopped looking at the goalkeeper. Of course, right? The classic move of a player who's about to do a PK kick where they're just looking at the keeper. Let me make a little quick stop and see if he moves a little bit. Let me shoot it right on the other side wherever he like moves. And so I, I mean, again, there's no VAR in USL, but come on, you not only have the ref, you got the linesman looking at that, right? That's the reason why they go all the way up front right there to get a good view, make sure that when the goalkeeper doesn't move, but also take a look at the player who's about to uh, do the shot. I don't understand why they didn't say like, Hey, needs to be a repeat because as far as I knew in the rules of FIFA, you cannot do that anymore because we saw that done uh, in, you know, World Cups and these other tournaments. And it's clearly not anything that should be legal anyway, right? Because you're giving that team an unfair advantage. Yep. So. Yep. Enough said. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So that happened. So now it's 1-1. And we move on. Second, uh, second part. Now, now it gets fun. Okay. So Louise, I know you didn't see what happened for our second goal that Tucker bone scored, but here's what happened. And we were sitting in section 103 because those are the only seats that we could get. So we saw it like right in front of us, we saw um, a play where before the Tucker bone knockdown rebound goal, um, one of our players, and it might have been um, it, it, it might have been Carlton. I'm not 100% sure who it was that clumped into one of the defenders. They kind of they didn't both take a tumble, but the defender did. He got kind of bounced off of, of of our guy, and the keeper had come all the way out to get a ball, and the defender clumped into his keeper in his legs. It looked really bad because the keeper was kind of planted, and when the defender hit him their keeper went down hard, like, like he was hit in his lower legs hard by the, his own defender, but the keeper didn't know who it was that was hitting him because he wasn't looking there. He was looking at the ball. So keeper goes down, their keeper goes down. Our players keep playing. There's no whistle because there's no sign of an injury. It's just was a player running into a player kind of a situation. Well, the keeper stays down. Right. And no, and our, we're all waiting for the whistle 
no whistle. Our guys keep playing. Then out of the blue, Betty, our trainer, she points to the goal when Pete Pennanen gets a gets a, a foot on the ball. Pete gets a the and she's pointing. She's like the only person on the sidelines pointing towards the goal because it's wide freaking open. So Shannon passes the ball to, to Pete. Pete is, and you can clearly see Betty pointing, shoot, shoot at the goal. He does. But the last defender sees the whole situation. Meanwhile, the keeper has tried to run back, you know, injured. You know, I don't know if he was injured, injured, but he's trying to run back and do some recovery. The defender blows the blows the situation by giving a knockdown rebound to right to us. Mind you, now we have a 3v1 situation because all of their defenders thought that the whistle was going to be blown and it didn't. And the defender that clumped into the keeper is still down on the ground. So there's a, there's a, there we have Tucker Bone. We have, um, who else is up top there? We have Carlton up top and then we have Derek. Derek. Yeah. They're all in the hunt there and they're all very mobile and they're, it's it could easily be a three v one situation. Well, at that point, um, Tucker ends up being the recipient of a knockdown rebound. You know, this uh, second play, and boop, it's in. It was awesome. It was awesome. There he is. There goes Tucker. He's on a he's on a he's on a sprint now. He's like, oh, poach, I got this. Boop, and it, it's in the goal. And meanwhile, all of their defenders froze because they were waiting for the whistle. And how many coaches have told you <laughs> play until you hear the whistle, just keep playing. So this was one of those situations that we stole it. We stole <laughs> one. We poached. Yeah. That, that's one of the biggest mistakes you can make, right? It's like if you just stop and you're like, okay, they're going to call a foul or offside, whatever you want to say that they would call. And then you just do this too. So hopefully that's not a mistake we make, right? Now that we yeah. <laughs> took advantage of it too. So, you know, also learning experience for us to see from like what you should not do right. on, on their okay. end too. Do me a favor and move that. Um, hold on. Move that to where Betty's pointing. I want to do a screenshot, a screen grab of that. Right. Let there. me. Yeah. No, she's right, pointing there right there. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay. I'm going to get that. Okay. I think I got it. <laughs> She was good. I love it. It's like she well, she played soccer, you know. She she was a she was a player herself. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it was really cool to like she's the first one, right? That was like, hey, over there, and then everyone else started. I even saw some fans here from what I could see here on, on the screen. There's a guy there that's also, hey, like go, go shoot it, shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's open too. Um I, I do have to say, though, uh, Sharon, I'm still in the play. I know you, you thought uh, differently on this one, but I think that the lights defender ended up screwing them by actually doing what he did because I really think that the goalkeeper for lights would have probably gotten it. Oh, I, I see what think you're saying. He just, yeah, I feel like he should have just let the ball go. His goalkeeper was already there. Perfect position. I, I, I mean, I don't see him, like, too far off. But ultimately, well, it was that guy who was, ended up causing everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. It was a, it was kind of like a 3v1. I don't think he realized that the keeper had gotten up and gotten back. Because the last time that player probably saw what was going on, he took a look and saw the keeper was still down. Now he sees, you know, he, he took, you see, he looks again. Oh, I see. He's looking. And he doesn't moment. see the keeper. So he knows it's an open goal. Right. So, so at that point, he's still unsure where his keeper is. He, he do, now his back is to the keeper. He doesn't even know the keeper's making a recovery run and it was too late. So, mm, yeah. Okay. So unless the keeper said something, yeah, he, the, the player took two looks. You saw him take two looks mm. and saw the keeper was still on the ground with his <laughs> defender having a tea party and, you know. Yeah, so he didn't. I don't think he even realized that the keeper had made it back. Cool. Unless the well, keeper said something. Yeah. Thank you to whoever actually implemented the slow motion on the <laughs> video player because yeah, I I now saw it too. I was like, oh, okay, I, I see him looking at the goalkeeper stone outside. Wow. Well, lucky for us, that was the last time he saw the goalkeeper before. 
yeah, uh, the goal. Um, because I yeah. think if he wouldn't have actually, if he would have seen him a little later on, right, and seen yeah. that he was already going there, maybe yeah. he would have just been like, you know what, I am not gonna do that, or I'm just gonna try and just like header it or just do something else, right? And so, yeah, uh, yeah. So the cool, the cool thing, you know, they always say follow the shot. They always tell you to follow the shot, follow the ball. You know, if somebody's taking a shot, whether it's yourself or somebody else, better players know that you follow the shot. You have to keep the momentum going with the ball when you're on the attack. And Tucker did that. He did that. He followed the shot. If you look, Derek didn't. Derek was still unsure of what was going on, but Tucker did. He followed the ball. He followed the shot. And he was the recipient of the knockdown rebound. So, and then he does a cartwheel and he almost kicked (laughs) Mitch in the face that was yeah I was a little worried he was gonna fail for a second I was like oh no don't get injured yeah right (laughs) look Mitch is like I'll get out of that way (laughs) that was funny so if anybody gets a chance to look at the highlights on the on the USL side uh, on the USL site it's good you'll see what we're seeing and I'm watching the fans oh I see Jane in the Tower Bridge Battalion going wild so it was it was good everything was good So that was that goal. So then fast forward a little further into the game, you know, we still had, we still had good possession at this point. We brought in how many subs did we brought in at this point? We brought in Jaime for Luis Felipe, which I thought was a solid sub. And I thought Mm -hmm. Jaime did a really good job this time. I think it was two subs if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. Yeah. So it was uh, Jaime had actually just one sub. I'm wrong. Okay. Jaime had just gone in. Yeah. Yeah. By that time, because well. Juju didn't come in until later. Okay. So two minutes later, or about not two, like three minutes later of uh, Jaime coming in, he gets to be on the score sheet too, which I was really happy because I, if you recall, I asked for Jaime to come in to be subbed in for Luis Felipe and coach ditches that. So shout out, coach, if you ever listen to this, because <laughs> I was really happy to see that. Yeah. So, yeah. And again, it's Formella with a little magic. You know, he's strong. He knows how to, he knows how to use his body. Look at that. How perfect. He saw the run. He saw Jaime making the run. You know, Formella shook two defenders, you know, so I don't know if that says much about Las Vegas, but (laughs) what Las Vegas didn't do is they didn't pick up the runner, the attacking runner. When you frame the box, you know, and you're, and you know, you've got people on the front post and the far post, And then you usually have an attacking midfielder, you know, coming in. So you had the choice. He had the choice of Bone, Tucker Bone, or Jaime. And Jaime was the one that ended up being, you know, the recipient. So they framed the box nicely. Um, They, you know, they framed the goal nicely. Yeah, no, I... I'm surprised that like how alone Jaime was in this play. I was like, the the light defenders looked so lost. I don't, I don't even know... So they what's weird, what they're doing. if their coach is Steve Chirondolo, I mean, that dude has magic. I mean, he played for so many years in, you know, Germany and he was on the U.S. men's national team. And he was, he was, a, I remember watching him and being really in awe of, you know, him playing in Germany. And then, you know, he is the coach. I think he's got his hands full. He's got to work a little bit more with the players that he has. I think that some of his guys are kind of young. Um, so I, I, I think he's he's got a lot he's got a lot of work ahead of him you know not nowhere to go but up kind of a thing so I, but still you would think his one of his top priorities would be defensive positioning and to not pick up the runner I mean that's basic to not pick up the guy coming in the top of the box the the you know third part of the attack a typical attack front post far post and the attacking runner so that's not being nobody's even watching it they're watching the ball. If you think about it, they're watching Derek. <laughs> Look at the players. They're all looking at Derek from We're watching yeah. the highlight reel. <laughs> Nobody's looking. Nobody has swivel head at this point. Do you see that? Yeah. Ball, it's called, that's classic ball watching. But, yeah. You, you got basically six lights players against Derek, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, they're all watching awesome. Derek. <laughs> they're all watching Derek. <sighs> but also That's what funny. vision right with Derek to like just, yes you know he was doing his he was doing his own magic doing his own yep. thing but he was still looking right he was like oh yes. yeah hi miss coming over here threaded the needle he threaded the needle by the time he had that got that pass off he had to thread the needle between four players 
So two, two guys on his, you know, right on his left shoulder and then two guys that were approaching, you know, to try to close down anything. And so he threaded it and Jaime was like, fine, I'll take it. That was great. And I'm glad Jaime got a goal because he needed, I mean, that's what a confidence boost, any goal, scoring any goal is such a boost in your confidence. So yeah, was, I, I was, was just kind of sad. I wanted to see the guitar celebration, right? but I guess he was <laughs> like, all right, I guess I'm going to do something <laughs> yeah. different there too. But yeah, I want to see more of this though. Uh, uh, you know, assists like this to not just, you know, someone trying to like finish it on their own. I want to yeah. see more of this teamwork because I think in past years, we've seen some moments of that, but there yeah. have been other moments where it's like, you could have assisted. It could have been a goal, but you chose to actually take the shot rather than yeah. actually look to your side, see if there's a better opportunity. So I hope we keep seeing this. I'm really happy to see all this teamwork happening here. So it was a really good, really good thing. So I agree. And and yeah, like I said, really happy for Jaime to be on the scoring sheet. And I mean, just the score, right? Literally just three minutes after you get subbed in, it's, it's amazing yep. <laughs> uh, to, to be on the score sheet so early on. Um, and then I think one, one thing I wanted to point out, and after that, we did see two more subs, right, that we saw uh, Mario Penagos come in, which it's another person that I asked for, too, in that halftime. I was like, I want to see Penagos. And he got at least about, like, 12-minute-plus uh, play. And then towards then, we saw Juju get subbed in as well. So yep, I thought that was great. I mean, clearly we were already 3-1 up. There was really no risk of lights making a comeback. You just couldn't see that happening. And so really glad to see Penagos come in. I know we didn't get to see much of him, but, you know, at least so, he got 12 minutes. So I'll tell you what we saw. It was, it, was, it was a little interesting. So my sis and I were keeping an eye on him because we knew, you know, here's the, little, here's the young 23 coming in and making his way. He um, <laughs> he's going to have to learn a little trick from Shannon. He got bounced off the ball a lot, you know, or he got bounced by the, the opposing team. And I thought that was kind of interesting because they were not cutting him any slack. It's almost like, oh, you're going to bring in a, the young kid, the, you know, the, the quick little flashy, flashy kind of guy. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're going to show him. We're going to show him us. And he did. He got kind of, he got kind of, bonked around uh, on the field there a little bit. And he'd probably say the same thing too, you know, that he, <laughs> that was as a white sister and I, we just looked at each other and we're like, yep, they're kind of teaching him a lesson. You know, the older players from Las Vegas or whatever, or the more experienced players are kind of teaching him a little lesson. So <laughs> hopefully next time he comes on the pitch, he'll, you know, be a little bit tougher, but yeah, it was good to see him. And it, it was good to see him come on. We, you know, we need to see that. We need to see, mm -hmm when we have the opportunity, when we're up three, one, and you know, there's just a few minutes left in the game and, you know, we're pretty solid. Yep. Yeah. And, and shout out to the Penagos family, by the way, I saw the pictures that they were uh, over there with TVB and everyone wearing their 23 Penagos Jersey. Like it's so amazing to see families like cute. that, that just yes. like they have one of their family members there and not just that. Right. Because yeah, you would, say right anyone with a family member would go but it just goes to show how united that family is and it is it's awesome so great so yep. great to see that especially was... coming from a sacramento united right we just had yep. that interview with alberto and yep. he spoke about it being a family environment and here you go yeah goes to show that it's he came out of that academy and he's he's really showcasing why he came out of that academy so really cool stuff there so yep that was basically the game. Um, let's go ahead, though, and name our man of the match for this one. I'll let you. <laughs> well, this is a this is a jinx on you. You owe me a coat because I think we picked the same player. You know, it's kind of like, OK, Derek, you know, you've got it. You won our hearts, <laughs> um, you know, with the assist and, and, and the goal, you know, just heads up play. And I know you, you, you wanted to pick somebody else, but we both kind of settled on, on Derek again, you know, he played the 90 minutes he played, you know, he played what he needed to do. He did what he had to do for 90 minutes. And he's in my mind, I didn't know that he was a 90 minute guy. So it was kind of cool. He did look a little gassed towards the end, giving <laughs> credit, you know, for lasting, I actually thought they were going to sub him out and put in um, uh, Juju. Wait, no, not Juju. Um, Guaregi, I thought mm -hmm. they were going to 
uh, do a sub and and put him in, but it didn't happen. So. Yeah, it probably should have happened. Like like I was saying earlier, like he he deserved like a standing ovation from the crowd and you know let, oh, give him that. Yes, because I'll tell you what, when Luis Felipe came off, he got a he got the warmest. So it's interesting sitting more closer to the players bench. Mm-hmm. That whole section, 103, 104, they really start the the clapping and the warm welcome back to the bench. So I was I was duly impressed with that crowd and and you know the players actually acknowledged being warmly received off the field, you know, for having been subbed. So that was that was really sweet. That was really sweet. And then, then um same thing happened um with Carlton Belmar, was it? Who who was the other sub? Yeah, it was it was Belmar. Um, with Tucker was for, as well. Yeah, yeah. When yeah, uh all of them. They got the warmest reception when when they came off the field. Bar- Belmar, everybody loves him. Everybody loves Carlton Belmar, but you could tell he was he was <laughs> a little banged up and ready to come off, I think. Um, nobody likes to come off, but you know when they're ready to come off. <laughs> everybody got such a warm reception from that crowd, and then it spreads to the whole stadium when the players come off. And I love the way that the stadium sounded louder than 2,500 people. It sounded like we had... 10,000 people in there because mm-hmm. it was, it was loud. I mean, yeah, there were times where I did get deathly quiet and then you could hear the coach. It was like, Oh my God, the fans, we need to make some noise. So we would, <laughs> we started cheering on the cheering on the players. It will be much better when there's more people in the stands and you hear just the general buzz of the stadium, you know, the things that you enjoy when you go to the stands, mm-hmm. you know, kids running and babies screaming and that kind of stuff. You know, we didn't hear a lot of that. So yeah, the fans shouting when yeah. the referee makes a really bad call, which <laughs> tends to happen so often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, all those different things. But I'm really glad to hear that, though, that those sections are like doing that. I'll be, you know, a little bit close to those sections right in 207 once I get my yeah. actual seat, right. <laughs> um, hopefully yeah. soon. And and so, I'm really looking forward to that. So one thing I did want to mention before we sh- we shut it down and say goodbye. Um, one of their players, uh, Kwando Opoku, I think is how you pronounce his name. He got subbed really early. He got an injury and he came back out um, on crutches. And I felt really horrible, you know, for that, that, you know, he, that, and, and I think it was a tackle. There was a, a tackle involved. And I was, I was just sad to see that for the other team. Nobody, nobody likes to have a player go off injured and then return to the pitch. And you could just see he had, it looked like he had never used crutches before. So this was, it was sad, you know? So I just want to, I hope he's going to be okay. I hope things work out for him because I think he was one of their solid players. I mean, he was really mixing it up and getting involved mm-hmm. in the game. So I just, you know, want to just say a little good, send him some good vibes. Yeah. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I'm not mistaken. I had to just quickly double check on myself. He actually played with LAFC last season. Okay. Uh, he was with them. You know, I'm not quite sure how much he played in MLS particularly, but I do recall him uh, in the CONCACAF Champions League because, as you all know, LAFC did eliminate my Cruz Azul. It was a yeah. sad, sad game. But I recall him being in that game, and the guy was actually showing uh, some pretty good ability too. So Looks uh, like he scored. I Think did he the late winner what? against Chris Sewell that helps him? He LASD? actually did score the L- actually did score. Yeah. Now you're saying that I I, I ha- there was a reason why I was like I I you had know his that name. name. <laughs> yeah. Well, so anyhow, I just you know I just want to send some positive yeah. vibes his way. I doubt he'll ever even listen to this, but you know, uh, if anybody from Las Vegas does tune into our podcast, they just need to know that. You know, we do care when a player goes down injured, severely injured, and we care. We want them to get better because they're part of their own squad. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we, we always want competitive matches too, right? We never want to, as much as we, we like those four, five nil games and all that, it, it's yeah. it's good to have an entertaining game, right? Where it's back and forth and ultimately we get the win, of course. But yeah, uh, those games are always interesting. We get a lot of practice ourselves. It's- 
So go back to that uh, Orange County pre-stat so we can just kind of take a look at. So in preseason, the Galaxy 2 beat Orange County 3-1. to one. So that's good news. Colorado Springs uh, tied Orange County 2-2 in preseason. But then Orange <laughs> County trounced the Ventura County Fusion, which is a lower-level team, of course. And um, and then there's a um, an away match that they're playing tomorrow, it looks like. No, Sunday, the Sounders 2. Well, they're not the sound. Are they the Sounders too? I thought it was Tacoma Defiance. It's Tacoma Defiance, yeah. Google yeah. still, they, they still don't want to call them. They're still like, you know what? Still, it's Sounders FC2. Don't put another name. We're going to call them <laughs> yeah. Sounders. Yeah, Tacoma <laughs> Defiance, whatever. You know, I thought Tacoma Defiance, you know, I think they're a stout little team. They're they're going to do well this season. You know, they're not going to be a pushover like in the past. Um, so we'll see. We'll have to watch on Sunday if anybody's interested and tunes in on, on Sunday to watch Orange County play so that we can kind of get juiced up for what to expect. That would be great. Yeah. You know, uh, speaking of right, Orange County, right, that, that that's our next opponent on May 22nd, yep. uh, 7 p.m. game start time. I find it quite interesting, right? Like at this point in time, right, we're recording here on a Friday, like we said, their first game in the season is going to be this Sunday against the Como Defiance. And then we are literally their home opener. At right. that point, other teams are going to have three, four, even five games yeah. already played. And so I think it's kind of interesting. I don't know why, if maybe OC had a situation or like you said, maybe it could have been they had COVID visa. cases or, or something. Visa, you know, some visa situations. But With- let's look at some of the players that we have uh, on, on, see if we remember any of them. Adam Jean is playing now and Thomas Adam Bolton. So those two are dangerous. Those two are freaking dangerous. Adam Jean, he's a tall boy and he's so good in the air. When he played for Atlanta United, he was actually really good. And then he played a little bit with Phoenix um, handball rising. (laughs) So those they've got, they've got some good firepower up front. You know, Thomas Adam Bolton knows his way around the, you know, the box and, Adam does too. And Adam's a pretty speedy guy and he's sneaky. So, you know, he, he came up through the ranks uh, learning the ropes at San Jose earthquake. So he's had some really good mentors. He's had. Yeah. So let's keep going. Let's see what else they have. Um, so those are their forwards and those are going to be some of their key forwards. They do have our, our, our good old friend, Seth. Seth yes. <laughs> who uh, not just because he's a friend of ours, but the guy is actually, Pretty good in the midfield. Uh, yep. I remember last season uh, seeing him a couple of times and and more, uh, you know, when he played against Sacramento. And he he was, you know, even though I think he got subbed in or subbed out uh, at halftime or, or, you know, just early on in the game because of, I think he got like an injury. And, uh, but before he got subbed out, I mean, the guy was like controlling the midfield. He was distributing the ball and, and all that. And so... He's going to be one to watch in that game if he's in the starting 11, which I think he will be in the starting 11. He's typically the the starter there. So Okay, let's see who else we got. And your good old friend. Oh, my goodness. They have somebody that I do like. So (laughs) they've picked up some players from from Reno. I think uh, Weehan and Richards, Brent Richards. Well, I know Brent's from Reno. Um, I like Brent Richards, honestly. Uh, you know, I he came briefly through Sacramento. I think he was just training with us for a wee bit, and and then he went on um, further. But I like his style of play. I like him. He was, I think he was, for, he ended up being Reno's captain. Wasn't he Reno's captain? I, yeah. I'm trying to remember. A couple yeah. of times. Yeah. A couple of times. So, you know, he's somebody to watch too. We're not, they're not going to be pushovers. Orange County is not going to be a pushover for us. Yeah, granted, um, LA2 beat them in preseason, but, you know, you don't know who LA2 brought to the game. I mean, they could have had some of their um, first-team players. Mm -hmm. You never know. This will be an interesting – I think it will be interesting to watch them play Tacoma Defiance just to see how well they play and, (laughs) you know, and hope that they're not in shape when we hit them. (laughs) Yeah. And, and one more player just to add on, on those that I have on my list of like to watch is their defender also Michael Orozco because this oh, right. guy's a veteran. He played yeah. a long time in Liga Mekis. He played in the U.S. national team, couple of teams in the MLS too. So this guy is is a strong defender. 
So we're going to have to keep a close eye on him because between him and Brent Richards, I think it's, yeah. they're going to have a solid defense. So yeah, I'm actually they, really looking forward to, to this team this year. Yeah. Yep. It'll be an interesting matchup. All right. So and also, I, I want to also add on this game, uh, after this game happens, right, again, it's uh, May 22nd uh, that they're going to be playing. We might be doing a podcast uh, with uh, the Orange and Black soccer podcast. Uh, it's a podcast about Orange County. Uh, we're good friends with them as well. So we might have them on a show uh, on the next podcast. So be on the lookout. No guarantees. We still have to coordinate and see if times work out. But if they do work out, then we'll definitely have a uh, pod post uh, OC game and talk about the game. And, and you know, it'll be interesting, right? We're going to be talking to the opposition for the first time here on the podcast and hear what their thoughts were on the game, what our thoughts were and how it all ended. And I think they it's might fine. be at the stadium as well if, um, if they're even allowing fans right now, which hopefully they are. So they might give us some insights, right, that we don't see on TV because... As you guys all heard right now, right? Sharon had a lot of insights that I couldn't catch on TV because you can only see so much. <laughs> so it'll be interesting. So that's coming up, hopefully, uh, okay. in our next pod. Excellent. Good stuff. Cool. Awesome. Well, this was a great podcast, Sharon. I'm glad you spent your Friday night here talking about this great game. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to us tonight. And we will see you next time here on State of the Republic podcast. Have a good night. Good night, everybody.